This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, making it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Brought to you by Subway, where winners eat. Everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend. We're down at Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. The Indians closer now to pitchers and catchers reporting. We are just about to that point in the season, the offseason, where we switch from hot stove coverage to spring training coverage, and that's a great sign. If you're catching this show on Saturday, there are only 11 days now until pitchers and catchers report to Goodyear, Arizona. They'll be down there on February the 17th, the full squad to follow shortly thereafter. And our first game broadcast is March the 1st when the Indians will take on the Reds. Hammy will have that first pitch for you shortly after 3 o'clock Eastern time from Goodyear Ballpark. So we're getting there. The uh, off season quickly closing down here, and it's almost time for baseball once again, and that's always exciting. So we hope you stay with us for the remainder of our hot stove shows. A good one for you today, some great guests. We had a chance to visit with Jim Tomey during Tribe Fest as he was in town for Tribe Fest and also the big announcement that he will be going into the Indians Hall of Fame this summer along with Albert Bell, Frank Robinson, and Charlie Jamison. So a great class going into the Indians Hall of Fame this summer. July the 30th will be that date when the Indians take on the Oakland Athletics. Also, we had a chance to catch up with Josh Tomlin recently, the Indians starting pitcher and uh, certainly one of their steady starting pitchers down the stretch a year ago. He signed a contract extension recently. We'll talk to him about that. And Bob DiBiasio and the guys are, are running a campaign to award Bob Feller the Presidential Medal of Freedom, a high award for anyone who has served this country during times of war. And it's one of the few awards that Bob Feller has not received. And the Indians trying to make sure that that that's taken care of and remedied, and uh, we'll see if it happens. We'll fill you in on the details for that as well. So a lot to get to. We'll get started with Tribe Talk after this timeout on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland where last week the Indians announced 
the Hall of Fame class for the Indians Hall of Fame going in this summer, July the 30th, and what a class it is. Jim Tomey, Albert Bell, Frank Robinson, and Charlie Jamison, a four-player class going into the Indians Hall of Fame this summer. The Indians did not induct anyone into their Hall of Fame last summer. Omar Vizquel, the most recent, that happened in 2014. Now 44 members of that Hall of Fame when this group goes in. And Jim Tomey, he'll be going in, and uh, he's had the statue in his name out front uh, outside the right field gate here at Progressive Field, but uh, 13 seasons in an Indians uniform in all uh, that little stretch at the end of uh, the 2012 campaign when he came back and was at the tail end of his career. But 337 home runs in an Indians uniform, most in club history, was a three-time All-Star as a member of the Tribe and four times finished in the top ten in the American League Most Valuable Player Award voting. We had a chance to catch up with Jim when he was in town for Tribe Fest and the announcement about the Hall of Fame. And he talked about the fact that he was, he was so honored and uh, still remains uh, when he visits town, checks out the statue out there on the plaza just outside the right field gate. But he, he said the Hall of Fame honor, especially with who's going in, will be just as special, if not more. I mean, it is, you know, and I, I said it to the guys earlier. When you look at the history of all the great players that have come through here, all the guys that have their numbers retired, you know, and, and let's face it, the Indians franchise has been around for, for a long, long time. And to go in with a franchise that you look at all the great players that have come through here and to have them, I think, elect you to go into their Hall of Fame is so humbling. I mean, it's obviously an honor, and to me, the best part is the group of guys that I get to go in with, uh, you know, and you get to do it together. It's not like you're going in solo. You actually have guys that you can share that moment. I played with Albert, so, you know, having an opportunity to go in with him means a lot to me just from a fact, and then the respect of of Mr. you know Mr. Robinson and Mr. Jamison same thing. I mean what a what a great class. I am very again humbled, honored that they would uh they would pick me to go in. You mentioned your teammate Albert Bell and what kind of teammates were you guys? How did how did you get along cuz on the surface you seem so different. You know, Albert, I think we all kind of learned from Albert's work ethic. Um he was very he was obviously he believed in his way. He didn't want anybody to mess with his way. And I think from a work ethic and watching him prepare during his routine and how he went about his business, I mean, I think we all kind of learned a lot the way he went about it. And and I got to tell you, I mean, he was the best clutch hitter that I ever personally saw. I mean, this guy was when the game was on the line, there was no better for me. I mean, I... I've played with some really good, great players, but, boy, he's, he's as good as it gets. When you look at, at differences, you had the statue ceremony uh, recent, yeah. not that far back ago, but how is this different to you, and, and if it is in any way? Well, it is. It is because, as I said, you're, you're not going in. It's, this, this is not about It's not just about me. There's other great players that are going in, and – as great and and 
the the statue is i mean how could you ever dream of having an organization give you a statue that's in me it's one of the most incredible feelings a player could ever have uh and i put this honor as equal to that because you know you're you're being uh you're being you know elected with such a great group of players and past players that are in this and you can kind of walk in with your chest out and go man this is a really really special thing i know it's going to be a great day for my family and they're going to they're going to they're going to have a proud moment as well and it's just it's just a it's a wonderful time i i feel so blessed that you know that they're doing this and i'm going to i think i think the one thing that i'll try to do with this one and and i did with the statue is as i get older to cherish every moment you know every experience every moment as we age you kind of you kind of reflect and go wow you know i played with some really good players but i also was a part of those great players that did play well and you're 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 honored for that Jim Tomey joining us, Hall of Famer to be for the, the Cleveland Indians. And Jim, you, you look at it, and as years go by, you mentioned that maybe looking back on it, it'll be different. But people may forget that you had two different stints with the Indians. Obviously, yes. the first one, just tremendous, the glory sure. years of, of the 90s. What did it mean to you, though, to be able to come back, not at, at the very end of your career, but at least toward the tail end, and play here once again? Well, I was I was doing an interview earlier, and I said I, w- I had mixed emotions because the way, you know, how how... Everything when I left, I didn't know how I was going to be received, I guess. And I was nervous, you know. And then that first night when I got that ovation, it, it was like it sent chills. I mean, honestly, to to come to home plate and have them, you know, stand and give you an ovation, uh, it, it meant a lot to me. And... You know, one of the things that I was asked is, you know, what would you say to the fans? Like, what would you tell them? And just how much you appreciate, I, like how much I truly appreciate and loved playing for not only the Indians, but for the city. Because they tra- they elevated our game the way they came out, supported us. And I think that ultimately makes you into a good player. You know, you get into the eighth, bottom of the ninth, the fans start cheering. You want to elevate your game. And I know they... They sure did that. Chicago's home now, and that's where you're raising a young family. Yeah. What does it mean, though, to be able to come back here with them and, and yeah. show them a place that meant so much to you for so long? Well, and, and, and I think even my wife's roots, you know, I mean, she was just as successful. I mean, she, you know, for both of us to be able to come back, see friends, but bring our kids and enjoy, as we did with the statue, now we get to do this, you know, in July, it's it's just it's going to be a it's going to be a great thing. You know, my father personally is getting up there in age, and I know these moments. As I am now a father, uh, you really appreciate those moments with your dad and your brothers and your sisters and everybody that I think played a little part in all of our success. And I know family is a big thing for us. It's it'll be a nice nice uh, weekend. And we're looking forward to coming. Something I know a lot of folks are looking forward to as well. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. That's Jim Tomey.
the outstanding tribe first baseman. Remember the days when he was a third baseman, too, <laughs> right at the start of his career? But uh, just a tremendous career for him. 337 home runs remains the bellwether in a tribe uniform. Most home runs in franchise history. And he'll be headed into the Indians Hall of Fame on July the 30th when the Indians take on the Oakland Athletics. And he's going in with his teammate, Albert Bell, also Frank Robinson, and Charlie Jamison. What a class. Stay tuned. When we come back, we're going to check in with Josh Tomlin. He recently signed a contract extension. Always fun to talk with Josh about pitching and uh, what it's taken for him to get where he is in his career. That's coming up next as we continue with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us this weekend as we uh, get closer to spring training 2016. The team will be in Goodyear starting with pitchers and catchers on February the 17th. So just 11 days away now. And then the full squad a couple of days later. And the, the games begin on March the 1st. And opening day starting to creep up on us as well. The Indians will open at home this season against the Boston Red Sox Monday afternoon, April the 4th, a 4-10 first pitch. Well, Josh Tomlin recently signed a contract extension, the starting pitcher for the Indians coming off an outstanding finish to his 2015 season. And uh, he's put together a major league career that has seen him go 36-30. and with an earned run average of 4.65. But he's never been an overpowering pitcher, but he's been a pitcher who, when he got to the major leagues, had a good cut fastball and still uses that. So movement's a key, and also location, a big key for him. And, and he battles. He is not one uh, to give in. He'll make the, the, the hitter put the ball in play. He doesn't walk anybody. And it really all came together last year when uh, he was called up by the Indians down the stretch after recovering from shoulder surgery that took place in spring training, ended up going 7-2 and two for the Indians and put together his best ERA in a 10-start stretch. He had an ERA of 3.02, and boy, there wasn't a, a more disappointed player at, at an injury issue than Josh was that day. He was, uh, he was pretty emotional about it and, and felt confident that the surgery could clean some things up, but was just so disappointed that he wouldn't be a part of the team to start the year. The Indians signed him to a contract extension recently with a club option that could take him through the 2018 season. Uh, had a chance to go free agency uh, before that time, but when we talked to him recently, he said, you know, there's a lot of things that, that keep him and, and made him want to sign the extension to stay with the Cleveland Indians. I, I think just the people in Cleveland, the, the, I've, I've been there my entire career, and it was uh, something special for me when they approached me with it. and um, It was something I definitely wanted to listen to and definitely wanted to spend my career there. So um, I was very happy, very fortunate to be given that opportunity and uh, feel very blessed for it. And you get to this point in your career, and I'm sure it, sometimes it allows you to look back and, and... – I know you've told this story before, but but take us back to your minor league days. You were at Single A Kinston and still trying to really figure some things out. What was the difference maker for you that allowed you to make that that next step and eventually reach the major leagues? Uh, I'm not really sure. There's one thing that really that really stuck out. I just uh, for me, every game I face, I've I acted like it was just, uh, the most important game of my life. I've I feel like I've done that for quite some time, and it, it kind of feels that way when you're fishing for your job. Um, 
So for me, it was just, I think, learning the cutter. Uh, Greg Hibbard uh, helped me learn the cutter and Simpson, and um, throwing that was just a, another pitch to add and to try to gain command of. So it kind of helped me out quite a bit. Um, not having overpowering stuff, just to add another pitch uh, to, to, to throw to hitters and try to keep them off balance was very, very beneficial to me. And, and sometimes that that's not something that takes place over an off season where you have a whole lot of time to learn it. How quickly did you pick that up, and was it just playing catch one day and, and it just seemed to work for you? Yeah, but it actually just seemed to work for me. I was pretty fortunate. Um, I put the ball in my hand. Like I said, I've always thrown a fourteen fastball, so putting it just kind of offsetting the grip a little bit um, and seeing it kind of cut and, and seeing the results I got from it um, uh, the the second day I learned it, actually, where, where um, I was playing catch and uh, Hitty showed me a, a grip and um, I started throwing it and I could kind of see it moving a little bit. So I was like, well, that might be, that might be pretty, a pretty good pitch. So I just used it in the game and um, had some success with it. So I just kept on throwing it. Josh Tomlin joining us, uh, recently signing a contract extension. You, you reach the major leagues, but some injury issues crop up. I know that's never easy as much as the physical end of, of getting back from injury, though, it seemed like you really did some things off the field that helped you from the mental side when you were healthy enough to come back. And, and explain how you use that downtime, that tedious time that can be part of a rehab assignment to, to make yourself a better pitcher. Uh, I think just watching as many baseball games as I could, watching, uh, trying to see what hitters are doing to certain guys, um, uh, watching, uh, some of the some of the swings that guys were taking, especially when we were playing our division, and, and just trying to read off that and, and understand what made me good um, from a pitching standpoint and a competitive standpoint of of realizing the things that I do well is what I need to stick with, as opposed to trying to do something that a hitter is is weak at, and maybe it's not a strength of mine. So for me, it was kind of honing in the skills that I have and and um, trying to make them better, trying to redefine my command a little bit. Um, possibly think on different arm positions and, and stuff like that to make a breaking ball better. But um, watching games and, and being a student of the game has very helped me out quite a bit. And um, Just talking with the guys and, and watching uh, watching games and, and trying to figure out what I would do to certain guys in certain situations was, was pretty beneficial to me. And you, you parlay that into just a tremendous finish to your season when you did get back to the major leagues. What have you done this off season to, to make sure and, and try and stay healthy throughout 2016? Um, I've, I'm the same thing I've always had. We've, we've, uh, we've worked hard every year to, to, uh, to, uh, to be the guy that I want to be and, and log innings. And so um, got home and started working out a couple weeks after the season was ended. And um, being able to do that, being healthy this off season and, and being able to get that full time of working out, um, is yeah, I feel like it's going to be very beneficial, but um, I haven't really tried to do anything different different in the past as opposed to just being healthy and being able to to, to maintain the, the workouts every single day and um, get stronger and, and um, more flexible and, and hopefully do the things that um, I want to do and, and, and stay healthy and, and make every start and try to go as deep as I can in the game and, and keep, the, keep the team in the game. And you look at the rotation with your contract extension. Uh, my goodness, uh, every member of that rotation now under a, a long-term deal, it's young, and, and you're part of something that could be very special. You ever think about it in those terms? 
Absolutely. That, that's, that's one of the, I mean, whenever they approached me and with the guys that they have already in place, I was shocked and I was, I was very, very blessed and um, very happy to be mentioned in that conversation with those guys. And they're, they're unbelievable. Um, when you have five or six starters that are like that, that, that can go out there and compete every single day and, and give you everything they got and try to keep you in the game. It's, it's a fun group to be around and uh, we all get along great. And, um, you know, we all try to, not try to one up each other, but you all try to, you know, carry your own weight, and I think that's a big, <laughs> a big step going forward for us is uh, try to keep pitching like we pitched and and um, try to win some games early on. And uh, of course, obviously, this is a a big deal for you on the professional side of things. But uh, personally, this off season, I know another member of the Tomlin family, and, and how's that been going for you this off season? Uh, she's a doll, and I I, I, I say that in the most manly way I can possibly say it. But, um, you know, our little, our little girl, Mala, she's three months old now. Um, she was born October 15th. And uh, then we have McKenzie, who's uh, 16 months old. She was born last year at the end of the year in September. But um, having, the, having those girls around, my wife, and my wife does a tremendous job with them. And then uh, being able to come home to them every single day and uh, after you work out, it, it definitely gives you a drive to, to want to be better not only from a physical standpoint, but from a father standpoint and a human being standpoint. Um, I couldn't ask for a better group of girls in my life. Uh, great stuff, Josh. And uh, know a lot of folks looking forward to seeing you at spring training. Thanks so much for coming by. Appreciate it. Thanks, Rosie. I appreciate you having me. That's Josh Tomlin and uh, Josh getting ready for the season. And it will be extremely interesting to see how the Indians handle a situation in spring training that any team would like to have. And that's more good starting pitchers then they have spots in the rotation available. If you look at it today, you'd have to figure Corey Kluber starts the season as the number one starter for the Tribe, would get that opening day a nod, but certainly Carlos Carrasco on the verge of putting together the type of seasons that could be absolutely dominant. Same could be said for Danny Salazar based on what both did a year ago. Trevor Bauer's been up and down. He'll be certainly in the mix, and, and at least right now you'd think he'd be the fourth starter. Josh Tomlin in that mix, but don't discount Cody Anderson, who had an outstanding rookie season last year for the Tribe. He'll be battling for a spot. So some good pitching uh, to look forward to as we get going with spring training in a couple of weeks. We mentioned Bob Feller and the Bob Feller Award winner. Well, there's an award out there for military service that Bob has not received, and that's a rarity for uh, just a great American, someone who gave his service time during World War II after Pearl Harbor And uh, Bob DiBiasio is going to fill us in on what the Indians are doing to see if indeed Bob Feller can be awarded sometime soon the Presidential Medal of Freedom. That's coming up next after this timeout on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field, downtown Cleveland. If you want to follow us, on Twitter, you can do so at Indians Radio is our Twitter address at Indians Radio. Our Twitter address as uh, we continue with our hot stove shows from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And this week, the Indians launched a campaign aimed at having the late Bob Feller awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. As I'm sure you know, if, if you're a regular listener to this program, a Tribe fan, or just even a a casual baseball fan, Bob Feller was so much more than the no-hitters 
the the high velocity fastball breaking into the major leagues at such a young age and and having a, an outstanding major league career a hall of famer and as much as he did on the baseball diamond uh, deservedly so he has been lauded for his role in the U.S. military. He was the first baseball player to enlist in the Navy after the bombings of Pearl Harbor. And uh, as Bob DiBiasio will tell us in just a little bit, there were some extenuating circumstances there that that didn't make that a slam dunk. But for Bob it was. And uh, he's received many awards for his military service right in the middle, the peak of what uh, was his baseball career. He took a four-year break from from baseball during the peak of his career. Uh, He was the catalyst for the formation of the 2013 Bob Feller Act of Valor Foundation. Uh, The Bob Feller Act of Valor Foundation, through the unique intersection of baseball and the U.S. Navy, they recognize and honor those who support our servicemen and women with the Bob Feller Act of Valor Award. And uh, he's won other awards as well for his service time, but not uh, perhaps the highest civilian award, and that's the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Well, the Indians are trying to to make that a moot point and, and change that and to fill us in on, on how they're going about that and, and what's going on. Here's Indians Vice President Bob DiBiasio. Absolutely, Rosie. Uh, the Presidential Medal of Freedom is something that uh, when we found out that Bob had not won it, uh, we were truly amazed and felt that with our partnership with the Bob Feller Act of Valor Foundation, it really made a whole lot of sense for us to uh, attempt to get 100,000 signatures on a petition in 30 days. Uh, We just started this a couple days ago. It's very easy to do. Uh, Everybody that is listening, we ask that you go to indians.com backslash feller and you will see uh, the link that you need to click on to get to the whitehouse.gov petition page. Takes about 30 seconds total to put your name, your first name, your last name, your email address, and your zip code. That's all you need to do. You will receive an email that uh, asks you to uh, click on confirmation that you truly are the one who submitted the uh, signature and you're all done. It's a very easy process. You know, Mr. Feller was the first baseball player to enlist in the service following the bombing of Pearl Harbor. Uh, He did so at the age of 23 when he could have earned a deferment because he was the breadwinner in his family as his father uh, was terminally ill with cancer. But Bob said, no, uh, I want to serve my country. And he did so in the U.S. Navy aboard the USS Alabama, earning the rank of Chief Petty Officer, earning eight battle stars and six campaign ribbons and Um, Just so deserving of this uh, Presidential Medal of Freedom honor that uh, uh, we just felt it was uh, incumbent upon us and the members of the Bob Feller Act of Valor Foundation to get it done. The Presidential Medal of Freedom, what is the significance of that, especially as it relates to Bob? Well, it's for meritorious service, uh, either in battle uh, or in uh, peacetime uh, or contributing 
to the support of servicemen and women, and obviously Bob did all three. And uh, one of the things I'll never forget, Rosie, uh, right after 9-11, I received a phone call from a military uh, person in Cleveland who asked if we could get in touch with Mr. Feller because we needed him to walk the, the halls of the Pentagon for moral support. That's how much people in the military knew of his commitment and dedication to the service of our country that uh, they wanted Bob to get to Washington, D.C. as soon as he could and just walk the halls and, and uh, raise the morale of the people that were in the Pentagon, which he uh, jumped at the opportunity to do so. Um, again, a true patriot. Uh, what he achieved on the baseball diamond, I think, in his own mind, he has said it many times, um, was secondary to uh, his service to our country. Bob DiBiasio joining us, Indians Vice President, talking about the efforts for Bob Feller to be awarded a Presidential Medal of Freedom. And Bobby D, you talked about at 23 when, when he enlisted and the circumstances around that regarding his playing career. The time that he enlisted, I know you tell a great story about how he enlisted and what was transpiring at that time and, and how from one day to the next, everything's about baseball and, and what could happen there. And then the very next day, because of Pearl Harbor, it all changed. Bob is driving to Chicago to meet with the general manager of the Cleveland Indians. Bob is 23 years old. He had already won 103 games in the big leagues at that age. And he was going to Chicago to meet with the GM to sign a new contract. When on the radio, he heard that uh, the bombings of Pearl Harbor. Gene Tunney, the famous fighter, uh, boxer, was running the recruiting for the U.S. Navy. He was a friend of Bob's. They had met on a couple occasions at major sports awards banquets. So he called pulled off the road, called Gene Tunney, told him that he wanted to enlist. Two days later, he enlisted into the U.S. Navy. Bob initially wanted to be an airplane pilot. He wanted to be in the Air Corps, in the Air Force, because he flew planes, uh, but his eyesight wasn't, uh, did not measure up to what you needed uh, to be able to be part of the Air Force or the Air Corps and be a fighter pilot. Uh, Ted Williams' eyes, on the other hand, uh, allowed him to be a fighter pilot uh, in World War II. Uh, so Bob became a, a member of the U.S. Navy and, as I mentioned, uh, served aboard the USS Alabama uh, in both the Pacific and North Atlantic. And um, again, he was uh, so honored to serve his country. You mentioned the, the 100,000 signatures needed over a 30-day period, and, and uh, obviously in this day and age, a lot easier to do that because of the, the information, uh, the ease of signing up. If you get the 100,000 signatures in, in a 30-day period, does that guarantee that, that this happens, or what does it mean, and, and what happens next? With 100,000 signatures on the petition, It'll find its way to uh, President Obama's desk, and then President Obama has to uh, uh, sign off and uh, be the one who truly uh, honors the person with the Presidential Medal of Freedom.
this was announced earlier this week. What's the response been like these first couple of days where you're trying to get the ball rolling? Uh, it's been wonderful. If you go on the website, again, indians.com backslash feller, and as you're putting in, then you click on the link to the wh.gov uh, site to get to the uh, petition, which is called We the People. Um, as you put in your in your name and, and uh, email address and your zip code, uh, you will notice all the people who have signed up prior to you just by initials, the first name, last name, initial, and the city uh, in which they reside that is uh, brought forth by the zip code. Uh, and then it will give you a running total. Um, last time I looked, I think after, well, I should say, the we announced it on a... Wednesday later afternoon by Thursday morning I think we're up to 7,000 signatures so uh, we feel confident that we will get to the 100,000 but we ask people to please spread the word uh, to as many people that you know because again Bob is so deserving of this honor and you look at this and I'm uh, my goodness, it's been a while since we had him around on that on that daily basis at the ballpark, and and all the fun that that meant, and and just that he was a walking history book. Uh, are you surprised sometimes how his name just remains at the forefront, especially when it comes to things along the military lines? Well, he's the greatest name in our franchise history. I think, um, arguably, the finest right-handed pitcher of his generation. Um, it doesn't surprise me too much that people still remember him uh, because of that and because also that Bob did not shy away from taking on conversation and ruffling a few feathers and and the media loved to chat with him because they knew they were going to get an honest answer out of Bob Feller and I think that kept his name alive, his presence alive. Uh, he was the oldest living Hall of Famer um, until his passing a few years ago. Um, he was just such an incredible ambassador, uh, not only for the great game of baseball, but uh, for what we stand for in the United States of America. Well, we'll do our best to keep the fans posted as, as this month draws along and, and we'll keep them up to date on, on where things stand and what they can do to help if if there is a push needed toward the end. Bobby D, thanks so much for coming by. Thank you, Rosie. Again, Indians.com backslash Feller. That's Indians Vice President Bob DiBiasio filling us in on what you can do to make sure that the late Bob Feller is awarded with the Presidential Medal of Freedom. So hopefully you have a chance to, to do that at some point during uh, your work week coming up this week or, or over the weekend, and, and we'll see what happens. The very latest that uh, we had heard, the, the amount of signatures in just a, a couple of days was up over the 8,000 mark, so it's been happening quickly, and uh, the Indians and, and the late Bob Feller certainly need that push here over the next uh, less than a, a month now to, to try and see if he can be awarded that Presidential Medal of Freedom. Well, stay with us when we come back. Yesterday, being Friday, if you're listening to this on, on Saturday, was the annual truck day down at the ballpark. The equipment truck leaving for spring training in Goodyear, Arizona. When we come back, 
we'll have complete team coverage as Tribe Talk continues on the Indians Radio Network. Jim Rosenhouse back with you on Tribe Talk from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And we finish our show today with complete team coverage of Truck Day 2016. We went down to the Indians Clubhouse yesterday and uh, tried to, to catch up with the men who make it happen. And, uh, of course, that, that crew led by home clubhouse man and equipment manager Tony Amato, one of the best in the business. And uh, he has a crew that uh, during the season puts in long hours and on truck day and, and the days leading up to it, uh, they move a lot of stuff on a semi from Cleveland, Ohio to Goodyear, Arizona. And uh, yesterday that truck pulled out of town. Scott Anderson is uh, one of the many on that crew. And basically, uh, Scott was the guinea pig. Uh, Tony assigns one of his crew to do this interview each year. And uh, Scott's been at it since 1994 when the ballpark opened. And uh, we asked him uh, what keeps him coming back, uh, not only for truck day, but uh, just another season of Indians baseball down in the clubhouse. Uh, just because I guess I you know, love baseball, love the tribe, love working down here, love the environment. Any particular challenges this season as opposed to other seasons? Because we're, we're doing this after the fact. The, the trucks are gone a couple hours ago, and it seemed like it was awfully smooth. Yeah, everything went good. We didn't have as many bikes and stuff this year. But, yeah, everything was smooth. We had everything palletized, ready to go, so that's a big help. What's the biggest key to, to getting these trucks out of here on time? Is that at the organization? Yeah, the organization, getting everything, you know, Tony and Marty, and Biller and Josh and me get everything ready for the last three, four weeks. And then we get everything palletized and ready to go, and then we just put it on. So today went smooth as silk. Scotty, thank you for making your debut on Tribe Talk today. Much appreciated. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's Scott Anderson. Great work on Truck Day 2016. The truck is on its way to Goodyear as of late last night. They took a stop outside Brazil, Indiana. So they're they're making good headway, and I'm sure by the time you hear this, they are much further than that as they've been on the road all day and all weekend, and they're expected to arrive uh, shortly now out in Goodyear, Arizona, where the guys will be ready to unload the truck and, and get it going for spring training. Pitchers and catchers reporting in 11 days on February the 17th to get everything started out in Goodyear. Well, we hope you enjoyed this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Until next week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Hot, hot, hot. We've got a future. We're headed to the top. We're on the warpath. We're spreading far and wide. We're talking baseball. been listening to tribe talk presented by progressive making it easy to bundle home and car insurance brought to you by subway where winners eat